Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for a Breaking Bad recap. We are moving swimmingly through season three. We're into the third episode of season three. I F T. Hmm. Uh, it first aired on the 4th of April, 2010. It's written by George Mastras and directed by Michelle McLaren. That used to be a swear word in my house. Now, apparently, I can say it on air. Um, yeah, Nick, IFT. Uh, I'm not sure about this one. My name is Ben, and old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on that farm, he had a crap episode. <laughs> And uh, my name's Nick, and um, I've done a terrible thing, but I did it for a good reason. Yes, that's uh, exactly what George Master said after writing this episode. Um, <laughs> look, I, I feel like I'm coming into this episode saying like this is a bit like this isn't a terrible episode. Let's be honest, this is not a bad episode. It's just got a it's got a crap storyline to it, and it's a bit flat. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's some good stuff in this episode. I completely forgot that we get our man, um, Mr. Trejo's at the beginning in a, quite a graphic scene. There's some interesting stuff in it, but it's just completely overshadowed by a certain three letters that unfortunately this episode decided to call itself after. Yeah, well, I just want to get rid of the eye off the front of that and just say FT. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, but anyway, um, I think... Um, you know, like going back to my Breaking Bad 101, The Complete Critical Companion by Alan Sepinwall. Um, and, you know, he kind of says about this this episode that it's perhaps the least Walt-centric episode of the series to date. You know, potentially Peekaboo is the only other one that he could think of. And I think that probably tells you something, really, because I, th I think Walt's so critical to the show that when he disappears for an episode, maybe not disappears, but you just don't see a lot of them, that that, that probably tells you something about how much you're going to like the show, uh, this this um, episode. So, yeah, I, I think that that's not a um, a coincidence, I guess. Yeah, which I mean, it goes to show how much we like Walt and we rely on Walt. It's kind of interesting whenever you're talking about some of these TV shows when you sometimes talk about some of these episodes and you're missing the main people that you don't realize how much you kind of rely on these people sometimes. Um, but I mean, it's still obviously in the episode, and like I feel that I mean, I I think we've been quite good defenders of Skylar. And I feel this is the first time where really we might have criticism. But but even that, okay. I will say, just forward thinking right now, that yeah, I hate this storyline and I'm not going to defend Skylar, but there's a reason why she does what she does. Like, 
if that makes sense. Like I, I was watching a video earlier on YouTube and they were kind of saying, well, this is why Skylar did it. She had a free pass, basically. So, I mean, we'll get to that when we get to that discussion. But, um, yeah, like, just pre-warning everyone, as the number one Skylar defending podcast in the history of Breaking Bad recap podcasts, we might struggle to do so on this episode. Yeah, I think so. I think it is one of those. It's it's a bit of a polarizing scene, and I think probably when we talk about why people didn't like Skylar, this is the reason behind it, right? This is probably one of those things that people don't like about it. But I think there is, like anything on Breaking Bad, there's nuance to it. You know, like it's not just a simple, straightforward. You know, she's good or bad, and I mean that's what makes the show so great is its levels of complexity. And it's no different here, even in an, an episode that maybe isn't one of the best. It's still interesting to talk about. And I think the valid thing to say is even if we're going to spend a time criticizing Skylar for what she does in the storyline, like at the ultimately at the end of this whole show, if we're defending Walt, then we're just kind of hypocrites because, I mean, you know, like this whole show is built around sort of one man going from Mr. Good to Mr. Evil. And particularly with a lot of stuff Walt does, you still kind of sympathize, which is always... And I don't, I don't want to criticize the fans of Breaking Bad because the fans of Breaking Bad are great and they're listening to our show right now, so thank you very much. But, like, I feel that that's when sometimes it can get a bit hypocritical when you're bagging out Skylar when you're still sympathizing with Walt. And, and Walt does about a thousand times more worse things in this show as we go along, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and uh, the, you know, there is... There's lots to discuss and lots of different elements and, and people's, I, I guess, probably their motivations. I think probably the show is really kind of focused through Walt. And so, you know, we're thinking about what happens to Walt. And actually, like, if this show was, you know, it's one of those things of, like, was it was a Twilight or something where they wrote the entire last book, like, from another character's perspective? Did you just or reference Twilight? I know like, I did. I know. I was, I was trying. I was trying to think of. I was trying to think of a better, a, a, a better analogy there. But you know, like I think wow. if you were to kind of do the show through Skylar's perspective, it would look very different. And yeah. I think you know, and then some of her actions would feel a lot more justifiable to people who don't really like that. So, um, yeah. Sorry about I the think Twilight I, reference. No, no. Well, I'll, actually, I'll I do back. think I do think I know what you're talking about because yeah, like they did. They re-released sort of it from Edward's perspective or something, haven't they? Or I think so. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We've famously said on this podcast that if we get to a million likes on Facebook, maybe we will cover the Twilight uh, series. But <laughs> clearly the Twihards out there have just gone into hiding and aren't that desperate for us to cover their movie. Um, have you ever seen any of them? I've seen all of them. Whoa. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, I've seen, like, I, Brave I, man no. admitting that. Oh, no, I was, you know, like my partner at the time was, was kind of, I wouldn't say into them, but she kind of like watched all of them. And it was like, right. oh, well, I'm, I'm sitting here, so I'll kind of watch them. And uh, I'm still confused as to why that was such a phenomenon because it was just <laughs> like, I, I guess like, you know, if you're into seeing, what's his name? Taylor something and with his abs so, and whatnot. And I, I guess Pat, it, Rat and Pattinson, yeah. yeah, I guess it's great. But yeah, I, I, it's still just a bit because they're just, they're very, very, very bad movies. You know, they're just, they're boring, you know. Um, the are we giving away too much? Like we, you know, like if this is gonna, if we're gonna do this for a million likes, we maybe want to keep our powder dry. I don't know. I think, I think at the end of the day, Nick, we covered Nip Tuck, which had all the taboo subjects. But as Twilight's famously <laughs> known, it's kind of the age-old debate: what's better, necrophiliac or uh, bestiality? Right. So, kind of, yep. you know, and watch Nip Tuck if you want to have those ticked off. But uh, I think my partner at the time, I had, uh, we just watched it. She wasn't really into it. So it just came down to the fact of let's watch it to see what the ordeal. We watched the first one, never watched another one. Like that was enough. That would yeah. get the gist of it. Cool. Um, it lost me at Vampire Sparkling. You know, like 
Yeah. 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 Well, I think, you know, dead person or, or animal, I think it doesn't matter as long as they've got a paper bag on the head. <laughs> uh, true story. It's on my Tinder profile. Um, so, wow. Well, really or, 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 or they're grabbing their crotch and going. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just admit to you today that I was just like sitting, I don't know what I was doing today. And at one point, it just hit me in the head, and I just started going, you're your restraining order right here, and I just tore And I think I messaged you in the group, and the gift was still there. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. The, like, can, can we just have that in our top five? Seriously, just for the fact. Number one. <laughs> Whew. All right. Uh, speaking of top five, a uh, very famous scene from last uh, season almost uh, kicks us off here. We've got the prequel to the one of the top five moments from the Oz Network's coverage of uh, Breaking Bad. Danny Trejo's back, and uh, we've got him in a bar in Mexico now. I think I told you I watched this without the subtitles, but I'm seeing right now on my computer when I can flick through it, I can see the subtitles now, so make up your mind copies of Breaking Bad that I've got. Basically, he uh, meets with uh, this guy. Do we know what's this guy's name? This cartel guy. Is this the first time we meet him? Or yeah, I think I it is. So, so this is um, is it Juan Bolsa? Um, okay, Juan Bolsa. Juan, um, maybe. So, so yeah, like it was quite funny because I was like. I remember this guy being like a big deal on Better Call Saul. Um, so I went and kind of just, you know, just briefly looked at kind of the, um, I, I guess the, the number of episodes he was in and he's in more episodes of Breaking Bad than he is of Better Call Saul. So I obviously really? got that wrong. Um, wow. So yeah, he is, I think he's just kind of like a minor cartel character, but um, yeah, he is, this is the first time we've met him. Okay. Cause I, I guess this is the, the uh, downside of having watched ahead a little bit that I've kind of seen him appear a few times. So I'm kind of thinking like, we, we've seen him before, right? But uh, he's a pretty big deal. Well, sort of. He's He'll be in a few more episodes to come. Um, but yeah, we're, we've got, uh, the, and does um, Danny ever get a name or is he just simply called DEA informant? Oh, Tortuga. Of course he's got a name. I mean, he's Tortoise. What am I saying? Yeah, God, yeah, you, yeah, think, yeah. you think I remember this show? I'm just yeah, thinking yeah. of Walt. Oh, he's got it right here. Still on my mind. Um, yeah, I got a seven head. <laughs> um, so anyway, Tortuga's meeting with him and he gets taken out back and he's getting the gift of a tortoise. And uh, this is where we see um, the, the cartel guy paint on the tortoise, basically holler DEA. And this is straight away when the cousins come in and hack his head off, which is quite graphic, actually, because you kind of get this one shot of where you see mm. the knife kind of like, uh, the machete, I should say, hit him in the actual neck and kind of you see it separate before they kind of zoom out and you just see kind of blood splatter and the curtain with the shadow, which, yeah, I mean, look, I completely forgot that this was in it. I think I'd messaged you or said to you recently when I'd watched ahead that, oh, he's back. And, yeah, it's sort of, I, I like this. Like, it's kind of, it's not necessary, but I guess it's necessary to introduce us to uh, to our cartel boss here, isn't it? But I, I like the fact that we kind of get a bit of background here to to showcase this. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy this. I think it's um, it's it's really cool to kind of see this little bit of backstory, um, and I think I really like that it um, it also connects up because it's obviously the the cousins that come in and do the head cutting, um, and so you know we obviously get um, you know a little bit of them being badasses as well, which is you know is great you know it kind of connects them to this bit of the story so you know they have been around before we actually saw them on the show if you know what i mean um, it's a little bit of a kind of prequel for the cousins i suppose but yeah it's a kind of graphic kind of um 
way to open this episode and um I, I love it i think it's really really good it's a it's a great grab and it's nice to have danny trejo back i mean i think when we talked about him in that one episode we kind of said that the only reason he's such a short-lived character is because they couldn't afford him so it's nice to have this but you know i don't know if this was the same day or and it probably wasn't right because they would have had to have got him back for a second day of filming um so yeah it's, it's great to be able to kind of close out this little bit if you were particularly interested in and in how he died um because i think it, yeah it's good stuff the important scene that we get after the credits, of course, is Walt cleaning the PA. Sorry, I just can't not look at Walt and not think of that goddamn scene. Nick, you've ruined Breaking Bad for me now. Like, I legitimately think you've ruined this show for me. I just want him on the roof going, you want your pizza? It's right here. Uh, but Walt's cleaning the pizza off the roof. Um, Mike's in the car basically saying that the twins have gone and uh, is this where he says like do we need to tell the lawyer um, or is he on the phone to Saul here I'm thinking later on when he says about telling the lawyer maybe um, Skylar comes home singing E-I-E-I-O old MacDonald has a farm um, you mentioned I think I don't know if it was in the first or the second season but you mentioned about the fact that Skylar basically drives like the Marge Simpson car it really is yeah. the Marge Simpson car isn't it like, yeah what yeah. is it? I know you're a car man Nick clearly you know this um, but I mean this is an ugly car why do people like even for the convenience factor wouldn't you rather a minivan than this hideous piece of crap yeah, it's kind of like the the kind of um, wood panel tones on it that I really love. Like, it's just, um, it, yeah, it's, it is so ugly, eh? Like, it is um, not a great car, but it, it kind of is fitting in with the fact that, you know, these guys are not particularly wealthy. And so you kind of get this. This is probably a very well-used car. Um, so it's a 1991 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Oh, um, look at you yeah. with the research. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's yeah, it's pretty hideous. Um, but yeah, it is funny. Like I, I wonder how much of like the Simpsons were a little bit of a because like I know we've kind of joked about it and you know like Walt and his kind of Kirk Van Houten um, bachelor pad, you know. But it, it really is, you know. And so I think there's kind of just lots of and is that just because the Simpsons references real life so much that these things just have so much crossover? But it does feel like there's lots of little little Simpsons references here, which is certainly not something you get in the trivia or anything. It just maybe is a little bit of a a cheeky influence that they maybe don't want to admit so you're just waiting now for walt to be singing can i borrow a feeling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my demo tape <laughs> grabbing his crotch basically <laughs> oh, can i borrow you... a restraining order yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've got your restraining order right here <laughs> Oh, I really hope that – remember there was like about 10 years ago, everybody seemed to like auto-tune things, like when Charlie Sheen did the whole winning thing and all that yeah, stuff. I really yeah. hope someone out there is like auto-tuned, you know, I've got Jarrah Straining on it right here. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we're the only ones who think it's that funny. Um, oh, anyway, I actually – I really like – in an episode that I feel we've just come into this feeling so negatively about, and particularly with Skylar – I actually really like this sort of tension and the stuff that goes on here when Skylar shows up. You know, Walt's come home and sort of is like, you know, screw it, I'm coming home. Skylar's just in the car, in the mum car. You know, what are you doing inside? You know, I'm not leaving until you... I'm not coming inside until you leave. Anna Gunn's amazing here. The way she kind of calling, she's like, you can see her shaking. You've got this tear just going down her cheek. The way she kind of comes in, this desperation and everything. I will say, as much as I hate what happens by the end of this episode. I can't fault Anna Gunn. Like, Anna Gunn just 
no. knocks it out of the park. Like this might be one of her strongest episodes, if not her strongest episode. So as much as I'm going to be negative about Skylar's storyline by the end of this, I cannot fault Anna Gunn for being such, such a good actress. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's it's really, really good. Um, I think um, for me, I'm kind of picking up, we're obviously watching this scene a little bit differently because I'm just picking up immediately on that stuff I talked about last episode around, um, you know, the, the kind of tension being played out with comedy because I just love that they're having this argument like on the phone, looking at each other through the window of the, of the house and what looks just like this pathetic character who just like kind of pops up in the window, you know, like it's just like, you know, Anna Gunn's great here, but but I think Brian Cranston's like, like cheeky funny here, like just like, I'm not coming outside you can come inside and i'm gonna like talk to you through the window just like pop his little head up from the you know from the window so i I really like that i look and i don't disagree i I completely agree with you but it's kind of i mean that's what's so good about this scene is kind of you've almost got yeah like the comedic element that he's doing and you just got this such a serious thing from uh anna gunn and skylar so yeah but but then you kind of get this um really like tense moment skylar comes in and is basically like, i'm gonna call the cops and again just the way she's like you can just physically see her shaking the way she's like holding the phone like she's legitimately terrified and then just walt just so stoic I and mean, it's just like if that's what you have to do and he just kind of sits down and he just keeps marking and she calls the police and this kind of goes into you know what we were saying last episode about how as much as we think that she can just simply call the cops and dob him in like Walt's clearly playing this card. Like, well, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, he's not, as we're going to find out very shortly, he's not doing anything wrong, technically. And this is, this is just falls into that thing where, like, I legitimately feel for Skylar. I really, really feel for her. Yeah, it's just, you know, because she's doing everything she can and thinks she can do, but she's so helpless here. She cannot do anything about this. Yeah, and I mean, Walt just being a dick as well, like just knowing that he, you know, he, he can play the victim here. Um, and I think probably, you know, with our 2021 sensibilities, this whole thing about, you know, the cops immediately, potentially, you could view it this way, immediately take Walt's side as the, as the, the man and the, and the husband, you know, and I think um, it probably speaks a little bit to maybe some policing issues that you, you may or may not want to see in, in this particular scene. But I kind of feel like he plays himself up as the victim here of kind of like his, his crazy bitch Walt. Life, you know, and um, and does a, a really good job of, of doing that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I mean, it definitely would be interesting to kind of see how this would play out nowadays. But um, I just I just like yeah the Dick Walt scene when he just kind of literally just goes back and just starts marking his work because why not? Um, Junior comes home and again you just feel for Skylar here because again she's just like uh, go to your room and I'll make you a sandwich you know and your dad and I have to talk and he's just like I haven't seen dad in ages go away mum um, and Walt's just acting like the normal dad basically uh, then we get the cop show up I think this would have been funny well not funny but like have the cop that pulled up Walt <laughs> show up like you know kind of uh, what is uh, this is a random connection to uh, Jingle All the Way when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character and Nick Scott is looking at this. Why are you quoting? You quote a Twilight in this movie. I can bring up Jingle All the Way. Um, like the sort of the ongoing joke in that movie is that Arnie's character keeps getting like pulled over by the same cop. Like no matter what he does, like it's just the same cop that he always keeps bumping into. Uh, but we've got these cops and they separate them and uh, this one cop sort of talking to Skylar and She's just basically like, I want him out. He's dangerous. And basically she he finds out that, well, he owns the house still. They're not divorced. There's no legal piece of paper that prevents him from being here. Has he hurt you? Has he abused you? She's obviously, you know, giving all the correct answers, all the honest answers. Uh, and then ultimately um, this cop saying like, look, if there's anything I can do, here's my card, blah, blah, blah. And again, Skylar's just completely helpless. And then she basically turns to Walt and just like, welcome home and then takes Holly and walks off which again like 
I just wish this whole episode had stayed a certain way because again, you just, I feel so bad for Skylar, but it's not going to last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I don't dislike the scene, but I, I don't. It doesn't really grab me either. Like it's, it's perfectly fine, and it kind of is just. It's functional, I guess. It's this kind of functional scene that kind of sets up that there's this tension here, that you know she doesn't have the kind of control that she thought she did even an episode ago, where she's basically saying to him, "Look, here's here's the ultimatum. Like you sign this, and and I won't reveal your secrets." And he's already got one over on her that you know he's going to just move back into the house and kind of what are you going to do about it? So. Um, it's it's fine. I, I I don't particularly love it. I, the one thing I will say is I will agree with you. I think Anna Gunn does a fantastic job here, you know, acting the scene. Um, but but other than that, it, it, it's perfectly good without without blowing my socks off. You know, that's an exact review of the Oz Network right there. <laughs> one thing also, Skylar's wearing the ribbon, and as we get here to the next scene with Soul and uh, Jesse wearing the ribbon. So they're still they're still loving the ribbons, aren't they? This is still a thing, um, which I mean, again, I guess as we kind of talked about, uh, sort of explainable, but uh, also at what point do they take them out? I guess off. I guess I can speak English, Ben. Um, we speak to Jesse. Well, we see, we don't we personally don't speak to Jesse, but Saul does. Uh, Jesse's <laughs> in his empty house, and it's kind of just one of these little heartbreaking scenes. I just really feel for Jesse, you know, just in this complete empty house, and he's just sitting there listening to Jane's voicemail. It's just. Again, as I've said a few times already this season, like he doesn't have a lot to do in these points, but it's just, ah, uh, you, you've said it so many times that you meant to sympathise with Jesse. You can't help but sympathise with this kid. He's just sitting there right now, still on his phone, and just trying to hear her voice. Um, Saul shows up with a cactus because why wouldn't you show up with a cactus? Is this a New Zealand thing that you somebody moves into a new place that you bring him a plant or like it's a housewarming thing because? I, I've experienced that before with some people. Like, oh, the, our friend's got a new place. We've got to bring him a plant. I'm like, huh? Okay. Or is this like a North American thing? Yeah, it's probably, I don't think it's a traditional Kiwi thing, but it wouldn't be unusual, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you bring people stuff when they move into a house, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is, like, we kind of have kind of tossed backwards and forwards about the, the kind of um, how slow some of these early episodes in season three feel. And I, I think especially with the Jesse stuff, I think you need to remember that, you know, like he's still, you know, like we're, we're literally probably a couple of weeks out from Jane having died, you know, like, well, no, maybe a bit more than that. Cause he's been through, um, you know, he's been through rehab, but it's not a hell of a lot of time. And so he's still grieving, you know, like he's still dealing with this problem. And I think if we kind of throw Jesse back into some kind of, you know, like wacky storyline immediately, that's, you know, that's not going to be realistic. I think you've got to give him the time and space as a character for this to feel real. Um, and I think that's something that Breaking Bad does really well is that it doesn't have to be like constant action all the time. You can slow down and, and feel for these characters. So yeah, I, it really works for me. And I do love the kind of, you know, constantly checking in just to hear her voice on the voicemail. It's incredibly sad, but it kind of it feels real. It feels like if you were in Jesse's shoes, that's the kind of thing you would do. You know, he didn't get a chance mm. to really say goodbye and, um, yeah. and, and he hasn't had time to process it and and he's still in that that place of blaming himself for it as well that's the other thing you've got to remember yeah no that's a very good point but uh soul's basically uh coming over to ask jesse to try and get walt to cook again and jesse's basically kicks him out essentially uh, it's a nice cactus 
probably the number one cactus I've seen on Breaking Bad so far. I don't know of the ones I've seen in the <laughs> desert. Um, Hank, meanwhile, is with Gomez and gets a phone call that he's wanted back in El Paso. And clearly you can sort of tell that he doesn't really want it, but he's acting all like, <laughs> like, you know, he, he really wants to. Now, I might need to get your help with this one, Nicholas, because uh, next we get uh, the twins taking um, Hector basically to go see uh, Gus and uh, Juan Bolsa. And I will say that I did watch this scene without subtitles. So uh, the one thing, though, we get to see the veggie tray, which I think, as you mentioned, our first veggie tray. But uh, what is said? I don't know if you took notes for this or or anything along those lines, but I would like to know if this was anything that I missed that was quite major here. Oh, well, I guess the major thing here is that, you know, like I, I guess that we're watching this for the second or third time, so we we understand who the, t- the cousins are. But for your first watch through, this is the first time you actually find out for sure that they are Tuco's cousins, you know, like they are related to him. So this is where you find that out. You find out that, you know, um, Hector's their grandfather, you know, they're Tuco's cousins, um, and basically they want revenge for Tuco's death, um, and they're blaming Heisenberg, Walter White for that and um, this is where Gus is basically saying well I have I have a business relationship with him you know I need him alive um, and Juan Bolsa kind of that's when they go outside and he says look I can hold these guys off for a while but um, whatever business you have with this guy you need to conclude it quickly because I, I can't hold these guys off for very long um, so, so that's that's the that's the basic kind of thrust of, of this conversation it's really just setting up that um, these guys are you know they hold Walter or Heisenberg responsible for the death of Tuco they're after vengeance and you know like um Gus is trying to hold them off. So, yeah, that's what it's about. Okay, thank you. I'm glad that somebody speaks Spanish on this show, so that uh, helps me significantly. Um, which is, uh, yeah, it's kind of, you make the good point there about because we've watched this show, we we know this, but uh, I guess for Colin, if you're still listening, uh, you know, didn't know that at the time, so unless we already spoiled it, I'm sorry, Colin. Um, Jesse is still calling Jane, and is this where the, the phone cuts out? Like this is yeah. where it, which is sad. Again, just, oh. It's just, I, it's sad. I'll just keep it at that. Um, Skylar, meanwhile, she can smoke properly now because she obviously doesn't have a baby in the oven. Um, and Walt's sleeping on like a couch mattress thing with Holly's sheets and everything. Um, Walt wants to help out Skylar because uh, the baby's crying. And then he wants to use a bathroom, but Skylar doesn't let him in. Now, do they not have two bathrooms? Don't they have an ensuite and another bathroom? I would have thought so, just given the way that their house is set up. You know, like when we saw the the scene from the last episode where he's having a shower and the cousins are kind of waiting for him. Yeah, it would have made sense to me that you kind of would have seen yeah, there would have needed to be another bathroom because otherwise, you know, basically, you know, Walt Jr. is going to have to wander through their bedroom to use the bathroom, which would seem yeah. like a bit of a weird setup, especially when they're having rough sex in season one. <laughs> which, um, which also, so, yeah. too, because isn't it the one when he goes missing, when he gets Tuco gets him? Like, isn't because Skylar's in the bath, right? And doesn't he, he doesn't go into the bedroom to get into the bathroom from memory. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Maybe good, it's- good question. But it does give us a good scene anyway. Yeah, well, maybe it's one of those ones where, like, it's it's one bathroom, but they've got, like, an entrance from their bedroom and she's, like, locked both doors or something like that. So, mm. but yeah, basically it leads us to Walt for two episodes in a row, grabbing his crotch, sort of. Uh, this time around he <laughs> pees in the sink. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you do you, Walt. We used to, in my uh, house growing up, uh, we had sort of like a rumpus room that we converted from a garage and it was sort of downstairs and my dad and that was sort of where my dad and I would, you know, hang out and watch TV and stuff. 
And uh, often if we had to pee, because we'd have to walk all the way upstairs to go there, we couldn't be bothered. So we just opened the door that used to be the garage door. And we said, oh, I'm just going to go check the ropes and just stand out in the driveway and piss into the uh, the bushes. The awkward moment was when our, was our cat was there and didn't run straight <laughs> underneath our pee stream. So, oh, gross. Um, <laughs> well, this kind of this this scene reminds me of like a you know a famous bit I think on the one of Ricky Gervais's stand. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was thinking that where it's like, oh, you could at least move the dishes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His squalid little apartment in London. Yeah, because yeah. it was a yeah. shared bathroom, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I was thinking of that too. Um, and then we've got my favourite random character, Skylar's lawyer. And this is the last time I think we see her. Um, but I think this is a scene that I just randomly really love her because Skylar basically uh, admits to the lawyer what Walt is, who Walt is. Um, and I just love her reaction. Like she's got such a blank face and she's just like, this is what you're going to do. <laughs> you're going to, um, you know, do this. I'm going to go to the police. We're going to do this and do that. And then just basically, uh, it's not meant to be funny, but like, I just love her reaction. But this is where Skylar's kind of like, well, I can't do that. Like, I, I can't. And she realizes, I guess, how trapped she is. So, um, yeah, I, 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 this is just a character that you're not going to remember at all in, a, in an episode's time, let alone a season's time. But just hashtag lawyer is fun. That's all I want to say. Yeah, and I think this is kind of one of those things where, you know, we kind of dance around the whole thing of, you know, the the lawyer-client confidentiality type thing. Um, and, you know, like the, she's very, very clear, like kind of gives very clear directions about this is what you need to do and you need to do it immediately, you know, that they can get what put in prison. And, um, and you know, the, the, the kind of caveat here is that Skylar says that, you know, like her son won't forgive her for it and – Essentially, Walt's got cancer and he's going to die soon. So I'm just going to let nature take its course and Walt will be gone soon, um, which is a pretty grim way to look at things. Um, you know, but you do kind of feel for her situation here, right? That she's kind of stuck in this position where she's got this guy that she doesn't want to be around. But, you know, what what does she do about it? Um, and so, yeah, her, her response is basically, yeah, we're just going to let nature do what it's going to do. And uh, do something else, which we will get to in just a moment. Um <laughs> Hank obviously doesn't want to go to El Paso, so in order to try and stop himself from going to El Paso, he's basically just going to break all the rules and take down some crooks in this dive bar, which I do love Gomez here when he's basically like, couldn't we have just gone to Chili's? What about Outback Steakhouse? they got those blooming onion things. And having been to both, I will say that the preferable one would probably be Outback Steakhouse. Chili's not too bad. Chili gets a bad rap. Chili's isn't too bad. It's not that great, but it's not terrible either. Um, but I just love this, that Hank basically uh, takes down these people himself. Uh, Gomez, like, bags him out for having to go to the toilet too much. But the the big thing here, of course, he leaves his gun in the car, essentially. So uh, he's setting himself up to uh, get into trouble, really, with this. But he, he holds his own pretty well here. Basically tells old man River to go out to the car and get his partner. So... He's doing well. And I'll just, I'll lump on the end here. So actually I jumped ahead. So Jesse, the other scene actually was just him calling. This is the scene where Jesse uh, rings up Jane's phone box and it cuts out essentially. The number you have dialed is no longer connected. And this leads Jesse to go and cook by himself, which um, was uh, interesting. Sort of, I guess it's his therapy, isn't it? So you see him kind of in the RV, out in the boonies, getting ready to cook. So um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, bit of a plot for Jesse and, let's just say might not or may help Walt get back into the cooking game. Yeah. I mean, um, 
to be honest, like this this whole Hank thing, I don't love. I think it just feels like it doesn't belong here. Um, you know, like what are these guys doing? And like, you know, kind of Gomez even kind of says, like, why are we in this kind of like dive bar? You know, in the and clearly the middle of the day because like that when they go outside, it's the daytime. Like, just feels like well, there's not a lot of kind of context for the scene. And and yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to tell you know that kind of. Um, you know, Hank's not a guy who's good at dealing with his emotions. He's going through PTSD still. And this whole, this whole idea that he has to go back to El Paso, he's pretending he's great and happy about it, but actually it's the worst thing that could ever happen to him. Um, and so this is his way of lashing out. I get all of it, so don't get me wrong. I just don't really like it. I think it just it just doesn't feel like it fits here. Um, you know, like, a, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say. It just doesn't really do much for me. Um I'm much more interested in seeing Jesse and seeing him getting back into the cooking game. Um, that 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 to me is the more interesting of these two scenes. Um, like I say, I, I, I totally get what you know what what we're going for with the Hank thing. It just feels disjointed and not really the the kind of the right place for the scene, and not or maybe just not the right scene for kind of what they're trying to tell. I guess. Yeah, I mean. It's sort of a you're right, like it's kind of just a nothing scene. It's it's not I mean, we, we, we are loving Hank, but it's just kind of I mean, you feel for him, but at the same time it's just kind of like, well, I mean, I guess it just comes down to the fact that he just he can't deal with his emotions. He can't face up to saying things like this or facing it, right? Because it's kind of we got that a little bit last episode, um, when sort of Walt's in the car and he's just like, Ah, oh, suck it up, princess. Um, so yeah, but um it's obviously going to come to a head a little bit more with what we're going to have uh, moving forward very soon. Um, but we have now... Uh, so Skylar is with Holly, and is she, is she waiting to go somewhere, or is she waiting for Walt? Or what have I got there? Um, oh, this is where Walt comes home with the, the money, right? Uh, and then they, um, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I kind of struggle to understand what, like, is Skylar just like waiting for Walt to not be there so she can kind of leave the house or something? Like, yeah, yeah, it, it is a little bit weird. It kind of looks like she's waiting for something, and I don't think that's still dressed up explained. too, isn't she? Like, is this, yeah, her, yeah, yeah, is this what we're going to get to in a moment? What she's yeah. planning on doing already, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, so Walt comes home. Uh, we've got a bit of a scene between um gomez and uh hank basically he's sort of questioning him about what he did and why he did it um and this is where he calls out him for leaving the gun um and this i like it's kind of one of these scenes which i like but i don't know like maybe it's just this overall episode i don't know but it's just, i like how kind of walt here now is explaining to sky like this is the money this is what i've done this is going to put the kids through school it's for groceries it's for mortgage you know it's something you couldn't afford with your job basically um skylar doesn't say a single word um and then we're basically going to get to a scene in just a moment so i mean i i don't know if this is just because it's bookended with the terrible thing that's about to happen um that i i don't know is this a great scene because it's kind of interesting i like walt explaining to this and kind of almost feeling remorseful and guilty that hey this is i've done crap stuff to get here because this is is this where he says like some of the things that I have done I can never get over or something like mm. that? Or was that in the last yeah. episode that we? Missed? Yeah, no, no, no. It, it is here, and I think it is I, here. Yeah. no, I do think it is a good scene, and I think it's kind of that whole thing of kind of just really reinforces that um, you know Walt's like constantly going to lie to himself and justify his actions, and like we are just going to hear over and over again that line, and you know like it, we are going to kind of get 
you know, to the end of this, you know, this is something that will come up right at the end of the show about doing this for his family. Um, you know, that is something that he will come back to time and time again. I'm doing this for my family because that's the way that he lies to himself about, you know, why he is doing this. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a good scene. Um, and, and, you know, I think that you kind of seen that kind of desperation, I guess, a little bit from Walt to kind of explain his actions because he can start to see this stuff unraveling around him now a little bit. Yeah, that's a good explanation. Thank you, Nick. I'm glad you're on the show. You speak Spanish and you speak sense. That's the main thing. That's why <laughs> that's why you're part of the Oz Network. Oh, all right. Um, so, <laughs> Skylar, is that work? Um, now, can I just question one thing? The last time we saw Skylar in the copy room, wasn't she like in a different? Like, how many copies do they have? Why do they have the copier in the lunch room here? Like, yeah. <laughs> they move it because there was yeah. to, they needed to have it in a more recreational area. Um, well, knowing, knowing this, knowing this Benicky office, it's probably because he's like having sex with all the other staff members, like on the <laughs> photocopier in the copy room. So they've had to put it in a public place, so uh, he can't do that. Yeah, that's a good explanation. Ted walks in, Skylar goes up to him, doesn't really say anything, leans in, starts making out, gets interrupted, it's pointless small talk, then they start basically, oh, the, the kid's home. Uh, and then Skylar goes home, she's kind of got this weird look on her face. Um, Junior has invited uh, What's-His-Face over for dinner. Um, <laughs> I always forget him, Lewis. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> I just see his name. One of the most groundbreaking characters in the show. Um Walt's cooking pot roast. Good on you, Walt. You know, getting involved there. And I should have mentioned before when he was talking to Skylar about the money, he said, like, hey, let's talk about this later. I'll let you think about this. So Walt's all, you know, I'm making dinner. Like, I'm so excited to talk to you. Like, how great is the truth? <laughs> like, is that like, I swear that's his actual line, isn't it? Like, how great is the truth? Um, and I love also Walt in a apron, which yes. <laughs> do we the want him to see the, the tiny one? The tidy whities though. I like the apron and the tidy whities better. You've got your apron right here. Um, and Skylar just basically is just giving him a stare, just doesn't say anything, looks at him. And they're like, I think what makes this so, like, I know it's the point. And, again, I'm not faulting Anna Gunn here because I'm, I'm sure this is how she interprets this and how she wants to act it or it's written in the script. But the way she kind of just walks up and so cockily is just like, I fucked Ted. And then walks off, goes to the dinner table, basically berates Junior for not eating salad. And um, Walt's there just with this absolute shocked look, the end of the episode. And then we find out why this episode is called IFT. And I'm just calling this right now the worst episode title in all of Breaking Bad. <laughs> um, uh, I, I just... Okay, I, I get her excuse for doing it because she's obviously so trapped... She she can't do anything in this situation. So her way of acting out is to go and fuck Ted. I, I get it. That's the explanation. But I, it's a personal topic for me, which I don't really want to talk too much about. I, I can't like this. I just can't. And it's just, this is the one time where I really do not like Skylar. I just, I can't stomach this. And it just, particularly the way she kind of makes it the way she does, which again, I know is the point, but it just, it just makes me mad. Because at the end of the day, can we be honest and sort of spoil it in some way that it doesn't really go anywhere, does it? Like it kind of does, but it doesn't. So yeah, Nick. Ugh. 
Well, I love it. I think it's the best thing I've, I've ever seen on Breaking Bad. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only, I'm only You want joking. a gif of it too? You yeah. want your affair right here? <laughs> Look, I think to me what annoys me about this is that, um, you know, like I think the way it's kind of presented is that Skylar did it just to spite Walt, you know, like just to kind of make him mad, like that she's got no feelings for Ted. It's just a person that's there that you know is available to do this in a way that will annoy Walt. But we've actually seen these these scenes of her kind of flirting with Ted and, you know, like pushing the, you know, the pencils off the table or whatever it was a few episodes back you know like so like it's quite clear that she is at least interested in Ted in a way that she's prepared to flirt with him so like I, I just don't get the kind of motivations from her being just about pissing Walt off like it, that just doesn't ring true to me um so I think probably there's a little bit of of uh, all the pieces just don't really match up to me I I will say that I kind of like this the, the kind of just the the mic drop moment where like she does it in a way where he can't even react in the moment like it's just like I'm going to tell you and then we're going to go and have, you know, dinner with the family and, you know, you don't have the ability to kind of immediately kind of, you know, we'll get that in the next episode, um, but, you know, doesn't have the ability to just immediately kind of um, go off at her. Um, and so I, I, I like that part of it. But, yeah, it just it feels like whatever we were trying to say about Skylar, there were other ways of doing this, I think. Um, there were other ways of showing her acting out. I think this feels almost tropey, you know, like, you know, the housewife you know gets stuck in a situation so she's going to go and have an affair with somebody like it just feels like it's not particularly inventive and for a show that doesn't normally just follow formulas this does feel a bit like a formula following type of thing you know so it is hard to get really excited about this so it's yeah it just feels and i think you're right it just feels like this should be the start of something and it's really not and that, and that's, I guess, like we have a little bit of knowledge about where this is going. So yeah. if you're watching this for the first time, it probably hits a little bit harder because it's like, oh, where's this going to go? Is she going to kind of, you know, move in with Ted or whatever? You know, like this is going to create some dynamics where there's going to be a new man on the scene and that's going to cause the, the whole, you know, doing the, the drug thing for my family takes a different meaning if she suddenly, you know, gets together with another guy. But, you know, spoiler alert, that's not where this is going. Um, and it is just literally that she wants to make a point and piss Walt off. And so, yeah, I just feel like probably a bad expression, but the juice isn't worth the squeeze on this one, you know, like it's just, you know, like it's just whatever they're going for here just doesn't really pay off. And so when you're watching in retrospect, it's just like, Oh, I just, I can't get excited about this. I just, it just feels like a distraction. Um, I just feel like there are, there were better ways that we could have, turn Skylar into this character who's a foil for for what Walt's trying to do that's that's basically what I'm saying I think you make a very good point there about given that we had seen all of this kind of build up of Skylar kind of flirting with him and doing that like if we hadn't have had that then I think it plays out differently because like I think it makes Skylar come across as worse it's like yeah like if this was just done purely to spite Walt that out of nowhere she goes in and does what she does then maybe it's portrayed differently but Skylar's been doing this by dropping pencils and we had it in the very first time we saw him when she looked at that photo when she was like going through stuff so like clearly there's some unseated feelings there like even from the Marie bit oh Mr. Gropey at the party where you you know as you mentioned like kind of you don't know whether it was sexual assault or like she was into it you know what I mean so it's kind Mm -hmm. of if you didn't set this up that she had a thing then maybe it, it is done a little bit differently it's just oh i did it purely despite you but it just comes across as a bit like you know like it's hard to feel anything really with this because it's like she's been doing this for so long before she even knew what what was doing yeah yeah totally yeah so yeah it just 
there are elements of, I think like the act, the acting performance you can't fault it it is really yeah. good but yeah it just it just feels like it's just not going where I want this to go and so it's just hard to be excited about it really yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I'm looking at the trip. There's nothing really groundbreaking here to talk about, so I guess we can really go into our. Uh, I like how this is probably going to be our quickest ever recap. I'm I'm glad about that. <laughs> so, um, I just wanted before I go to buy rent bin because I usually forget to do this. I'm looking at the ringer. Ringer ranks this at 41st out of 60, so like 10 spots higher than the last two episodes. Um, but That's I like. Nuts. Yeah, That's I know. Absolutely I, nuts. Terribly nuts. Um, but I like this little line here. They say, Everywhere we turn, we see people imprisoned by the terrible sacrifices that Walt insists he's made for his family. The ribbons. So many wear to honour the victims of Wayfarer Flight 515. Ensure we remember. So we're, we're here like bagging out these ribbons, but that's a deliberate ploy clearly for us to remember that Walt's, you know, kind of the cause of this. Um, buy, rent or bin, Nick. I feel one of these is not an option, but I'm interested to see where this might go. <laughs> oh, I mean, look, there's enough in here to justify a rent, but I, I couldn't give it a buy. Um, you know, I, I, I think some of the stuff we've talked about, I think that that opening scene, I think the kind of setup stuff that we're getting with Gus and and the and the cousins, I think is really good. Um, those are the things I really like about the episode. I like the kind of Jesse setup, but it is set up, and so it's hard to get too excited about it. You know, um, the bits that I don't enjoy. Uh, you know, like obviously this end scene, which we've talked about, but also the Hank stuff doesn't really excite me very much. Um, this is just such a, you know, like there isn't a bad episode of Breaking Bad, but this is kind of one of the ones that I'm just not excited to watch again. You know, like I, I, I can't imagine I would just chuck this on to watch for the sake of it. And so for that reason, it has to be a rent. There's a, a, there is enough in it. And I think you kind of need to see it. I, I think there's very few episodes of Breaking Bad you can just skip over because they do all kind of advance the plot in one way or another. Um, so I think you do need to see it. And I think if that's the case, it has to be a rent. But I can't buy this episode. There's no way I can buy this episode. So yeah, it, it, it's a rent for me um i'm kind of tossing up where i put it because obviously i'm going to have it you know it's going to have to be in you know 21 22 23 it's going to have to be in one of those those spots so um, like i'm kind of tossing it up i think i like it less than i like cancer man because now i've seen a little bit more of the jesse parent stuff i kind of like that episode a little bit more and there's a great scene at the end of that episode and so that kind of was like is it better or worse than over you know the episode that we had um you know last season um i i, th- I think i'm putting it last you know like and um yeah i I think probably that those last two is, is kind of flip a coin on any given day. I think there's some there's some interesting stuff in both of them, but there's also a lot of stuff that I don't really love. So I think the way I'm feeling today, I'm I'm putting it last. So it's number twenty three for me. Um, yeah, I will. The one thing I will disagree with you on, Nick, is that there may be one episode that you can skip and you don't have to watch. <laughs> um. And we will be probably talking about that soon. Um, yeah, I'm with you on everything else. Uh, it's a it's a rent for me. Low, low rent. Just scraping above the bin. Uh, but like as you said, there's enough stuff in this. Like, I I like the the moment when like Skylar comes home and sort of that whole moment section there when initially she's sort of reacting to Walt and the cops. The opening is great. Um, I, I mean, randomly Saul bringing a cactus is something that I just randomly like. I like the lawyer the last time we see her. All the great stuff about this episode, clearly. But, um, yeah, like the Hank stuff, as you said, is not brilliant. And just the ending is just... And, like, we talked about it, I think, last week about how 
it was so tense the way it ended, and that was, what, like a 10-minute sequence. I feel this whole ending section is also another 10-minute sequence, isn't it? And it's kind of... It's maybe not... I'm looking at five minutes, but still it feels like it's 10 minutes. Um, it just... Yeah, so... Uh, and plus, again, as much as I'm not on her team by the end of this episode, I still can't fault Anna Gunn uh, for her acting, maybe her strongest episode to date. So, yeah, low, low rent. And, yeah, I've got this dead last too at 23rd. Um, there wasn't even a question for me. <laughs> I didn't even debate it. I'm like, nah, dead last. Um, but, again, it's still a rent. It's not a bin. We haven't binned anything yet, Nick. Yeah, I think as well as that even next week's episode, if we start to transition to talking about that, I think it potentially that's maybe even a slower episode, but I just, there isn't stuff going on in that next episode that I don't enjoy. Um, you know, like I think it's it, it, it's slow, it takes its time, um, but we don't get a lot of this, yeah, just kind of like dragging on stuff. It all feels like it's a little bit more relevant. So um, maybe I'll be eating my words when we get to that episode. But um, yeah, it just feels like this is a bit of a low point, um, this particular episode that we've just watched and um, for, for a variety of reasons, you know? Yeah, I think next week, like as I kind of alluded to you, I think last season I talked to you a bit off air about it. It's like season three at that point when I'm watching, I'm like, and particularly with this episode, like four episodes in, I'm kind of like, oh, like this is, this is, interesting like this is a highly praised season of breaking bad and i'm kind of going why like it's like it's, again it's not terrible this is still great television but it's just it gets to that point where it's kind of like okay but yeah i think kind of next week is you know i famously call octopussy the romania of james bond you know where it's like there's nothing wrong with it you know it exists but you just don't really think about it uh so it's this is kind of one of those episodes where it's there. Like it's, you know, you're never going to go out of your way to to think about this episode. There is some pretty funny stuff in this episode though. Like you got very excited last week about the whole, you know, got your restraining order right here. I was looking forward to this one scene with Walt. Actually, there's two scenes with Walt that I really like in this episode, which make me laugh. Not quite gift worthy, um, but quite, quite funny. Um, but uh Sadly, we get a bit more of a graphic depiction of Ted and Skylar, which is a little bit uh, not quite as bad as uh, Skylar getting excited over heated floorboards, but we're still a few episodes away from that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the episode's called Green Light, by the way, just for those playing at home. Um, but, yeah, in the meantime, also playing at home. Remember to do all the social media stuff, of course. we uh, You'll hear how to do all that at the end of this episode. If you enjoy us talking about Breaking Bad and want to hear us talk about 24, you can listen to that as well. Lost should be there and thereabouts about now. I, I want to say it is, but if it's not, blame Noah. And other movies and stuff that are happening as well are all about there. Obviously, we pre-record these quieter in advance of time, so in terms of scheduling, uh, it's sort of sometimes tricky to see what's going on. But, uh, yes just follow us on our pages and you will stay up to date with everything we've got going my name is ben and what are we doing in this shithole and my name is nick and this is the kind of place you get knifed thanks for downloading this episode of the oz network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google Podcasts, or by copying our rss feed into your preferred podcast provider And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.